Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday, wherever you may be, across this great country or this great land. I hope you enjoyed the games over the weekend. I apologize in advance for everything I'm going to talk about today. Atlanta, Georgia area sports fans. It was not a good weekend for you guys. But we'll get to that momentarily. In the meantime, I want to tell you to go sign up for Outkick going to be a big week for OutKick. Encourage you guys to be on top of paying attention to everything we're putting out there. Good stuff coming. Again, go to OutKick.com. Sign up for the VIP. Gambling picks. We had a winning week in college football, but where we've really been on fire is on the OutKick six-pack for the NFL. 4-0 and so far for the OutKick six-pack. I'm on double overs in tonight's game. We're winning at a 70%-ish clip so far on the year on the OutKick NFL six-pack. Encourage you guys to continue to roll with that. Double overs tonight in the Bills hosting of the Chiefs and in uh, the second game, the Cardinals on the road against the Cowboys. I like points of plenty. That game, by the way, kicks off in about 30 minutes-ish, 45 minutes, whatever the math is there. 5 o'clock Eastern with the Bills hosting the Chiefs an early, early kickoff for Monday Night Football. All right, a lot to get into. But I want to start with Alabama asserting their dominance in the SEC. 24 to nothing, they outscored Georgia down the stretch run of this game. Total command, uh, they took over. Nobody could cover Devontae Smith and nobody could cover uh, anybody at all. Jalen Waddell as good as this Georgia defense is and I think it's elite I think it's top five in all of college football the Bama offense was too much Nick Saban coached demonstrating all of the flaws embedded in this idea of positive tests rendering you unable to coach Nick Saban got a false positive he then tested negative five different times went out and coached the Alabama football team they are 4-0. Alabama would be a tremendous upset for the Tide not to be in the college football playoff right now. I feel the same way about Clemson who hung 73 on Georgia Tech and all of that conspired to have one of the worst weekends in modern history for Atlanta area sports fans. Consider what happened this weekend if you are an Atlanta area sports fan. The Braves lost on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in a brutal fashion after a 3-1 NLCS lead. They would have been favored to win their first World Series, their only World Series that I'm aware of since all the way back in 1995. Instead, they lose. They lose the opportunity to be favored against the Rays in the World Series. That's a tough situation. Tough pill to swallow. On Saturday night, Georgia demonstrated that they're still not able to catch up with Alabama at least as long as Nick Saban is there losing by 17 in a game that they were leading fairly comfortably early in that game. Got outscored 24 to nothing, 21 to nothing in the second half. Not a good look for Alabama. 
in that I'm mean, sorry for Georgia in that respect also the Atlanta Falcons won which drives down their ability to be able to compete for Trevor Lawrence and Georgia Tech lost 73-7 to off the top of my head that is a rough Atlanta area sports weekend whether you root for Georgia Tech Georgia the Atlanta Braves or the Atlanta Falcons basically everybody got you an L for the weekend uh, which leads into the other big story biggest story in college football was Alabama dominating Georgia in the second half biggest story in the NFL how about the beatdown that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put on uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers I told you I told you I told you this was my circle the wagon special in the NFL I said if you saw Brady holding up four fingers you knew he wasn't going to ride off into the sunset with back-to-back performances like that the defense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was outstanding and this was where if you look behind the numbers last year Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions all Tampa Bay needs to get from Tom Brady in order to be successful is just game management style performance and then win late when the defense is able to give you an opportunity to win and there were several things that stood out to me about this performance by the uh, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, let me hit you with several of those uh, details right now. I've got them all lined up here uh, and the Bucs had zero penalties zero turnovers and allowed zero sacks. That is a heck of a recipe. They outscored the Packers 38 to nothing down the stretch. Big time performance big time win by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now I was on the road I was on the road uh, and by on the road I mean I left my house and went to a game between the Texans and the Titans second game that I've gone to in person this week okay Texans versus the Titans and it was an outstanding performance by Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I've got some stats for you. The Titans are the first team in NFL history with a 350 plus yard passer Ryan Tannehill and a 200 plus yard rusher Derrick Henry who had 212 in the same game in the history of the NFL. Okay? That's pretty amazing. Right now Ryan Tannehill is the best quarterback in the NFL for the past 16 games. All right, Are you ready for this? For the past 15 games Ryan Tannehill nearly 4,000 passing yards 35 TDs 7 INTs 5 rushing touchdowns the, uh, the, the Titans are 12-3 and three in those games and here are a couple of other stats for you. Since week 7 of 2017 who is the best passer in the NFL? Ryan Tannehill according to the NFL's passer rating. Who has the most touchdowns? I'm not sure exactly. Probably Patrick Mahomes. But number two passing touchdowns is Ryan Tannehill. Who has the most yards per pass attempt? Ryan Tannehill nearly nine yards per pass attempt. 70% just shy of 70% completion percentage and 12 wins which is third by the way that completion percentage and 12 wins tied for second. All right? Uh, since opening day passer rating top three passer ratings in the NFL Ryan Tannehill Russell Wilson and Drew Brees yards per attempt Ryan Tannehill is number one overall since the start of the 2019 season followed by Dak Prescott and believe it or not Jimmy Garoppolo Ryan Tannehill right now 
is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL and there isn't a close second. The Titans took a big gamble when they offered him $100 million basically in guaranteed money based on how he finished last season and so far through five games with the Titans 5-0 and Ryan Tannehill has looked like an incredibly val- incredible value. Same thing is true of Derrick Henry who just flat out went off. And look, I think this Titans team is special. They are 5-0. and They won the game. Mike Vrabel did an incredible job down the stretch. This game shouldn't have been close. Okay? Frustrating thing about this game is the Titans almost gave it away. They missed a chip shot 27-yard field goal I think it was that would have given them a 14-point lead with 8 minutes to go in the third quarter. They got a strip sack that gave the Texans possession at the 4-yard line and basically gave them all the points there on the touchdown. Uh, And they turned the ball over on a one play on a deep ball that was a great play by the Texans. But the Titans found a way to win. And this team has found a way to lose a ton They have a lot of confidence in Ryan Tannehill. That touchdown pass into the corner to A.J. Brown was phenomenal. Winning the toss. If you saw Deshaun Watson's reaction when he was like, all right, this game is over. I thought Derrick Henry was going to house it on the little outlet pass that he took for 50 yards and set up that win. I loved the uh, direct snap to Derrick Henry because basically Vrabel was sending the signal. We're going to go for it on fourth down. The Titans were letting it be known that their plan there, even if they hadn't scored, they felt good about getting several yards and setting up a fourth down opportunity to go for the win on the touchdown, not give the Texans the ball back at all. I loved everything about this game, all right? Uh, And the way that the Titans found a way to win, even with a lot of issues in the secondary in particular in their defense, they still found a way to win. Now, We've got a monster game coming up between the Steelers and the Titans. And by the way, how about Vrabel intentionally taking a 12-men on the field penalty to try to save his team a lot of time and they end up scoring to tie the game with four seconds left. Do you think that time mattered just a little bit there? Uh, So, I think this is a big win for the Titans who I believe are one of the five best teams in the NFL for sure. 601 yards, most in Titans history. As I said before, First time in NFL history that there's been a 350-yard passer plus a 200-plus yard runner. If anything, the Titans who had two missed chip shot field goals and turned the ball over should have won this game going away. Now the danger is Taylor Lewan is out now at left tackle. The Titans are going to have to shift around and remake their offensive line. And as a result, there are now just three 5-0 teams. The Seattle Seahawks in the NFC the Steelers and the Titans in the AFC and they are playing against each other. The Steelers and the Titans are uh, on Sunday here in Nashville. So, a couple of things about that game. First of all, the Steelers absolutely dominated the Browns. Baker Mayfield and the Browns have looked like pretenders in two big division show-me games against the Ravens and against the Steelers. Steelers defense is for real. They got an issue, major uh, issue at linebacker with Bush now out for the season just like the Titans have a major issue with their left tackle out for the season. My concern is the Steelers have the ability to get after the quarterback like few teams in the NFL and we saw what happened to Tannehill with the strip sack and the fumble. By the way, the Titans should have recovered that. Had two easy opportunities to recover it. They couldn't. Uh, So, that to me is a big storyline here. 
Can't wait to see what's going to happen, but props to the Steelers for making the Browns look like pretenders. Uh, All right, the Braves. They lost Game 7 to the Dodgers. Crushing. Crushing loss. My 10-year-old, who you guys know is a huge Braves fan, fell asleep on the couch during this game because it was a late-night game. I had already booked a trip down to Dallas to allow him and, and myself to go watch a, uh, a World Series game or two depending on how many games were going to be played. Instead, I got to cancel that trip. It's going to take another time. I don't know when the Braves are going to be this close to being able to make the postseason again. How about that catch Mookie Betts made? He made three or eight catches in the series including the one in Game 5 that may well have turned everything around when Marcelo Zuna left third base early. The Braves should have gone up 3-0 on that play. Instead, Mookie Betts makes the fielding play and then made a heck of a throw to home plate but Ozuna left early and he was out even though he beat that throw. I still think if he had waited he would have had a good chance to beat that throw at home plate. Instead, the Braves end up giving up that lead. They give up a 2-0 lead in Game 7. Cody Bellinger goes yard but Mookie Betts steals a home run from likely NL MVP Freddie Freeman. I just don't know when the Braves are going to be back in this situation again. It's hard extremely hard extremely difficult to get to that situation and find yourself there. The running error where the Braves had second and third with already a 3-2 lead and they end up getting doubled up on a ground ball that Marcakis hit to short. By the way was it just me or was Nick Marcakis up every single time in the NLCS with the bases loaded or runners in scoring position and he never ever delivered in any way. Every single at-bat it felt like he had a chance to put the game away and he was never able to do it. Never got a hit that mattered in this series. Nick Markakis basically failure there. Um, But the catch by Mookie Betts. Congrats to the Dodgers. Here's a crazy thought for you and all the Corona bros out there. Now you can't get a flight from Southern California to Texas right now The ticket prices are through the roof for Dodger fans in Arlington in the Dallas area. So the state of California will not allow Dodger fans to watch games, get in their car and drive to Chavez Ravine in LA to Dodger Stadium. But they will allow their people to get on planes fly all the way to Texas and go sit in the crowd at the game in Texas. When is the state of California going to realize how ridiculous their response to this virus has been. Disney is losing billions of dollars over Disneyland not being allowed to open. There hasn't been a single case that has been able to be traced back to Disney World. This entire response to the coronavirus by many states but California in particular is absolutely ludicrous. There is no justification for it whatsoever when you look at the data But this is wild to allow people to make that trip but you won't allow them to watch in California at all. Good luck to the Dodgers. They're a big favorite over the Rays. They're going to have a home field advantage for every game because I don't think there'll be hardly any Rays fans at that World Series at all. Um, Patriots. Let's talk about the Patriots for a minute. Patriots fell to 2-3. and This stat that I have you is pretty unbelievable when it comes to uh, the Patriots and how historically good they have been in this situation. Patriots are below 500 through five games for the first time since 2001 when Tom Brady led the team 
to the first of its six Super Bowl titles. New England snapped a streak of 18 consecutive seasons above 500 through five games which was the longest such streak in NFL history. Cam looked average, two interceptions, he didn't throw the ball well. This does not look like a New England Patriot team that is going to be capable of making the postseason even with seven teams advancing from the AFC. The Titans, I really do believe this, firmly destroyed the Patriot dynasty last season in the playoffs. And on top of that, as if that were not enough, Tom Brady is winning the divorce easily without any difficulty at all. Another big story. Tua gets his debut in Miami and then FaceTimes his parents who weren't able to be there from the field still in his uniform so they could experience uh, his joy in making the trip back from being injured against Mississippi State breaking his hip everybody questioning whether his football career would continue to now being a first round pick and playing in an NFL game less than a year it's amazing to think about all the things that he's gone through in his life and all the work that he's put in to find himself able to get back on the field like he did just a phenomenal story beyond a shadow of a doubt if you are a fan of uh, of football at all Tua is an incredible guy to root for uh, I got to meet Tua along with my two oldest sons in Nashville here when he was working out with uh, for the Combine. Uh, he got an autographed a jersey for my son. So did Jerry Judy. He was incredible. And I got to meet his entire family. It's impossible not to root for Tua based on Tua himself and all of the support structure around him. Just a genuinely good dude with a genuinely good family. Uh, I'm rooting for him to become a big-time NFL player as well. Uh, okay. SEC Power Rankings and my OutKick Top 10. A lot of different things happened over the weekend. Let me give you my top 10. Remember, Big 10 is back Saturday. Props to uh, everybody who helped work to make that happen from the Big 10 office to the Big 10 players to the Big 10 uh, to the Big Ten coaches to the White House to all of the different people out there who've been over backwards to make Big 10 football happen. But a reminder that I don't rank teams who haven't played yet. So this is just SEC, ACC, Big 12 and everybody else. Let me say this before I give you the ranking too. The Corona Bros out there have lost their minds over Vanderbilt and Missouri being postponed and over LSU and Florida being postponed. The reality is through four weeks the SEC has managed to get 26 out of 28 of their scheduled games to happen. That's an incredible accomplishment. Okay, just absolutely phenomenal by the SEC and all the players and the coaches and the administrators that have made that happen. 26 out of 28, they had the best policy in place. I feel incredibly good about their chances of every team playing 10 games and being able to finish with the SEC championship game. Greg Sankey and company have put in place the best policies anywhere. All right, top 10. Alabama, I believe, is the best team in the country. They have handed it to Texas A&M. They have handed it now to Georgia. They have played the two toughest teams on their schedule. I don't think they're going to lose the rest of the way. I believe they will be 10-0. Let me say this, by the way. I will be in Knoxville this weekend. Unfortunately, it will be for the Alabama-Tennessee game. We're going to have a public event for OutKick. So if you are a Tennessee fan or you're an Alabama fan who is traveling up, I will be in Knoxville this weekend 
and we will be celebrating uh, the return of uh, college football, at least for OutKick's perspective. This will be the first college football game that I've gone to this year. I've been to two NFL games, but I encourage you to swing by if you're going to be at that game or you're in the Knoxville area. I'll be uh, letting you guys know where that meetup is going to be. It'll be close to Neyland Stadium uh, in Knoxville on Saturday afternoon before the game kicks off so that we can all have drinks and be happy before Alabama steals all of the volunteer joy to the extent that there's any left after the Kentucky game. Alabama number one overall. Clemson number two. 73-point game against Georgia Tech. Absolute destruction. I've still got Georgia at number three. I've got Texas A&M at number four. By the way, Georgia's season is still going to come down to what happens in the cocktail party. If they beat Florida, they will get a rematch against uh, Alabama. I think Alabama will win that rematch as well. But Alabama at 10-0 is already going to have their playoff ticket punched. We'll see what Georgia is able to do against them in the event they get a rematch. Florida too, dealing with the COVID outbreak. Florida gets a chance to uh, to, to play as well. Texas A&M, I've got in the four spot. A&M's got a good shot to go 9-1 this year, guys. They have played their toughest competition already. Uh, If you look at the rest of their schedule, they will be favored, I believe, in every game the rest of the way. I've got the Aggies at number four overall. I've got the Gators at five. They will have the SEC East come down to the cocktail party in a couple of weeks. I've got Notre Dame at six. I don't think the Irish are that good, honestly. 12-7 win over Louisville. Weren't that great the week before against Florida State. I don't think they have the horses to run with Clemson. And I'm not even sure they'll be the team that advances to the ACC championship game. We'll see what happens in their game with UNC. Uh, BYU, I've got at seven. Props to BYU for being the only school west of the Mississippi to play a full season starting in September. Now everybody's trying to catch up with BYU. Props to you guys. Oklahoma State, I've got at eight. The last undefeated team remaining in the Big 12. Miami at nine. And I've got SMU at 10. These rankings will change substantially with the Big Ten starting play this weekend. Uh, All right. How about the SEC? Alabama's the best team in the SEC. Georgia is the second best. Texas A&M, third best. Florida, fourth best. I think most people would agree with those rankings top four. Alabama, Georgia, A&M, Florida. Okay? Arkansas, I've got at five. The Razorbacks should be three and one. Props to Sam Pittman. Kendall Bryles, Barry Odom, the entire staff at Arkansas has done a whale of a job getting ready for uh, this season. The expectation was the Razorbacks might go 0-10. They might go uh, 1-9. The reality is they beat Auburn. They should be sitting at 3-1 right now with wins over Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and over Auburn. Instead, they're 2-2, but I've got them at uh, 5th in the SEC. I've got Kentucky at six. Congratulations to the Wildcats on stomping the tar out of the University of Tennessee. That's one of the most embarrassing losses that Tennessee has had in a long time. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Kentucky is at two and two. I still don't think the Wildcats are that good. I think they're going to be a four and six caliber team. Uh, But they won the Tennessee game, which is the biggest game of the year every season for Kentucky. And they hadn't won in Knoxville since 1984. Tennessee, bad loss. I think this is a worse loss than Georgia State. You guys know that I have said I'm not a believer in Jared Garantano. I think that as a fifth-year senior, I don't even blame him at this point. The fact that Tennessee hasn't recruited a better player to replace him at quarterback, this loss was all on Jared Garantano. You throw two pick sixes, you fumble away a chance, you get sacked 
I mean, Tennessee should have been up 10-0 in this game in the first quarter. Instead, it was scoreless when Garantano threw back-to-back possession INTs that were returned for interceptions. As bad as the first half was, though, I was more disappointed in the second half when Tennessee got blanked. Tennessee has a lot more talent than Kentucky. They shouldn't be losing to the Wildcats. This loss is on the quarterback position and the fact that Garantano played an F game when if he plays a C game, Tennessee wins and that's the problem with Garantano at quarterback. You don't know what's going to happen from one play to the next with him, one snap to the next, one game to the next, one month to the next. Fifth-year quarterback who has no awareness and no consistency. Second half of the game, against Georgia three fumbles and an interception in one half three fumbles and an interception and then he follows it up with a first half against Kentucky with two more interceptions both of which were pick sixes and another fumble we're talking about seven turnovers from your fifth year quarterback in the space of one game that cost Tennessee the Georgia game and the uh, and the Kentucky game If he just doesn't turn the ball over, I think Tennessee beats Kentucky and I think they lose to Georgia by season by uh, by by single digits. Just don't turn the ball over. Let the team punt. I don't think that there would have been anywhere near the performance that we saw. Everybody has lost faith in Garantano. I don't know what the answer is, but I got Tennessee at 7 sitting at 2 and 2. South Carolina big win over Auburn. Uh, for Will Muschamp's team two straight SEC victories after opening with losses to Tennessee and to Florida. South Carolina uh, I just mentioned gets the win over Auburn. How about Bo Nix getting sacked on fourth down instead of throwing the ball into the end zone? At least Bo Nix is a sophomore but he spiked the ball backwards. I gotta say this for Auburn and Tennessee fans out there can we just cancel the game this year and blame COVID? I don't know if I can watch Bo Nix quarterback a game against uh, Jarek Garantano. I'm just not sure I can sit through that kind of football game. I'm really not. Uh, But that game is scheduled right now in November. Ole Miss, seven turnovers on the road against Arkansas. Now one and three. The offense was a pale shadow of as good as it was against uh, against Alabama. Lane Kiffin's squad falls to one and three with a disastrous uh, turnover performance against Arkansas. Missouri's at 11. I like the Missouri Tigers as a live 6-7 point underdog depending on where you're looking against Kentucky this weekend. Mississippi State man it feels like a long time ago when they won at LSU. They have now lost three in a row uh, in uh, in uh, their campaign this season. LSU didn't play. I've got them at 13 and Vanderbilt is the worst team in the SEC. I don't think they're going to win a football game this year. That is my SEC rankings. That's my analysis of everything that went on in the world of football this year, uh, this weekend. College football and NFL. Big news coming from OutKick this week. Stay tuned. I think you guys are going to be impressed. My name is Clay Travis. This has been OutKick the Show. Go get your bets in for 30 minutes from now. Doubleheader of Monday Night Football action. FanDuel.com slash Clay. And if you're going to be at that Alabama-Tennessee game, go ahead and plan on swinging by and saying hi on Saturday morning in Knoxville as we have a public event our first public OutKick event in a long time I'm excited to meet up and see a lot of you out there All right, love all of you my name is Clay Travis DBAP unless you need to SBAP look closely in my eyes I want to thank all the haters I couldn't have done it without you thank you for making me as successful as I am I owe it to you love you kisses for the haters I'll see you guys bye